Hello and welcome to a very special emergency podcast episode of Political Agenda brought to you by New Narrative, a movement for democracy, freedom of expression and freedom of information in Southeast Asia. New Narrative is an entirely member-supported platform and it's entirely supported by members, people like you, who pay 52 US dollars a year to support the important work that we do. So if you like this podcast, if you like what we do, please do join us as a member at newnarrative.com slash join or donate at newnarrative.com slash donate. My name is PJ Thumb. I'm founder and managing director of New Narrative. I'm wearing a blue and white batik shirt and sitting in front of a big bookcase full of books and my pronouns are he, him. Today, we've got Terry Shi, the editor-in-chief of The Online Citizen, a news platform in Singapore which has recently been banned by the IMDA, by the Singapore Government Authorities. Um, through the withdrawal of its class license under the Broadcasting Act. So we're going to talk to Terry all about this right now. So welcome to the show, Terry. Thank you for having me here on the show, RPJ. So first question, most important question, I think, how are you doing personally, Terry? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> and I, and there, there have been a lot of people writing to me asking me how am I coping okay. Uh, is, I am especially given the slew of... Uh, criminal, quasi-criminal charges put against me and also the recent judgment uh, on the defamation suit uh, that the Singapore Prime Minister has brought against me. Right, yeah, let's uh, not forget that. So you were recently found guilty of defamation of the Prime Minister and damages of 210,000 Singapore dollars were levied against you. Yes, great, that's great. Right, but you're doing a fundraising campaign and you're almost at 90%? Yes, yes. I would say it's just zero point couple of percent from ninety. Yes. So this is the fourteen day. Uh, for, sorry, fifteen day. This is the fifteen day. Uh, or you want to be exact, it's a fourteen and a half because we started at twelve o'clock. One. <laughs> right. Singaporeans, I think, are making their opinion of this nonsense loud and clear. So if a Singaporean or anyone really wants to donate to uh, your fundraising campaign to pay off these ridiculous damages, where should they go? Uh, they should go to my uh, Facebook profile, um, which is Facebook slash uh, Facebook.com slash T R Y X Y C. Right, Terry X Y C. Yeah, yes, yeah, So that, that's my high. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. And of course, this is just one of many, many. I think I've lost count how many cases there are against you. There's also the Pofma uh, that's still pending. Um, and then there's criminal, the criminal defamation, has that been resolved? The, the hearing has, uh, has finished. Right. Yes, the, uh, the, what's that? the hearing has already transpired. So now we are waiting for the judgment. Um, but uh, pending submissions from my, uh, for counsels, from the prosecutors and also the, and the, uh, my, my defense counsel. So that would, I think, would conclude in November. Oh, gosh. Okay. Have you ever stopped to like count just how many like court cases, civil suits, criminal suits? <laughs> so, so I have I have two contempt of court uh, right. um, offense. One is investigating; the other has uh, is really proceeding. Right. Then we have a criminal uh, defamation suit against me. Um, a defam uh, and a civil defamation suit has already concluded. Uh, I have uh, also five pofma. Um, what's that? Directions uh, uh, being being uh, filed against uh, TOC, which is also against me, uh, and we are appealing against three. So there's one that's already at the court of appeal stage. So we are waiting for the judgment on that. I believe right. that's that's all for now. Yeah, mm. that's the joint one of the SDP, right? Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah, right. They said Pofma, the resolution will be fast, but it's what over a year now since that Pofma was originally it's uh close to a year it's close to a year uh it's close to a year. It's oh, not, yeah. not not what well, right. i i believe it's somewhat the longest uh a judgment uh, that, that that's coming from the right but the original thing like the stps was originally like 2019 wasn't it and then like they there was the Pofma was january 2020 yeah yes, but but the thing is um it's it's starting. Uh, we have to come from the date of the uh, call of appeal. Uh, but right. what? But, but I think PJ, you are correct on that uh, aspect. In, in terms of the Pofma was sold to Singaporeans in Parliament, 
and also the parliamentarians that POFMA is something that is very simple something mm. that is it's um it's very fast and prompt because it's very clear yeah. on on what's true what's true what's false uh, and the court would be easily uh, able to determine what is what but yeah. from my personal experience i i have delegated on my uh, on behalf uh in in court uh, against the state prosecutors it's very clear that they were using a lot of legal jargons it's not it's not on the basis of What's we uh, what's the truth or what's the falsehood? You know, they were simply playing with words. So it is really hard to expect anyone, a layperson, as what it was claimed in the parliament, to defend themselves uh, against a direction should they choose to. And it's not cheap um, for an entity. Uh, the total cost will come up to thousand just just on the appeal part itself. Whereas if an individual were to contest, that would run up to about six hundred odd. And frankly, in Singapore, first. Who would have the, uh, I would say guts, but the willingness to to step out of line and then to contest mm-hmm. what the minister has directed, and then to put uh, on top of that, take up time from their uh, from their personal um, uh, or of their personal accord, and then to put out such a huge sum and then contest that, which which right. you don't have any uh, yeah. idea of whether or not you will succeed. Especially under the kind of uh, you're going against state resources. You're you're going like yeah. My in my personal account, I was going against three state prosecutors with me alone. So so oh how would a, how would a yeah. person be expected to to do that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, but that's really the reason that of the PAP, uh, the this um, sorry, the standard operating procedure, of the PAP, which is that they intimidate, they harass. And then people become afraid of speaking up, of taking action. And then the PAP can say, hey, we didn't do anything. If people don't want to speak up, that's their problem, not ours, right? By, I think, um, it was a Human Rights Watch called it, you know, and everyone's called it killing the chicken to scare the monkeys. So this whole IMDA thing is part of that because um, rather than this overt jackbooted thugs coming after you, which, you know, you, you really have with between all your interrogations by the police and all the criminal and civil cases, you've also got all this bureaucratic nonsense just grinding you down. Lots and lots of paperwork, lots and lots of uh, quibbling over minor details. And then at the end of the day, IMDA can claim that, oh, you know, it's just because he wouldn't file and he, uh, you know, wouldn't... Um, uh, you know, just obey the rules and regulations and claim rule of law. So let, let's talk about the IMDA. What exactly are they accusing you of? So the, in this round, what they're accusing of uh, TOC office uh, not complying with the regulation of declaring the, uh, what's that, the submitting its declaration for financial year 2020. We have already complied for 2019. However, for 2019, they... Um, Prior to this whole hoo-ha, they were finding issue with three points which they stated in the uh, press release. Uh, sorry, one of it which was not mentioned. So you have one which is about uh, two donors that did not have that NRC. It's not uh, what they say about not identifying. We identified the full name. Uh, it's just that so happened that the person donating did not specify the right. NRC. Okay, wait, but let me, let me stop you there. Didn't Indrani Raja just say in Parliament, oh, lapses will happen, mistakes will happen, right? And they're talking about millions of dollars with the ministries. With you, it's one, two donors. You know, I don't even know how much. Can't be that much money, $50, $100. And somehow that is proof of what your malicious intent or that your intent to, to deceive. Why a double standard? The, if you want to say double standard, I would say this. Um, TOC is the only uh, two publications that are being licensed under this uh, particular licensing regime. The mm-hmm. IMDA kept saying that, oh, majority of the website, but can they name the majority of website? It's like, I got a lot of friends, rich friends. So um, the there are 11 websites that are registered under another framework, which is regulating in, on the basis of content, meaning they put a 50,000 um, mm-hmm. bond 
uh, with the IMD and if if they were to contravene the content regulation, the the uh, the uh, standard of con- uh, standard of content, that fifty thousand would be uh, uh, so called void. Whereas for TOC, we, our licensing regime is different. The licensing regime that we are put under is simply to keep track of the um, source of fundings that we have. So there are four basis, basic uh, funding that they are looking at. One is, um, one is uh, donors. Next is subscription. Then we have uh, local advertisers and foreign advertisers. So these right. are the four, four amounts that basically they are looking at. Okay, so have I have ever explained why you have 11 websites under this other licensing regime, the one in the 50,000 bond, and these 11 websites include all the SPH websites and Yahoo, right? Yes. And then you have two websites over here, TOC and in the independent.sg, Correct. Uh, who are classified under a different licensing regime. So why the, why, why the difference? Uh, if I were to speculate, because this is not, um, uh, I believe there's some uh, uh, terms and condition for the uh, people who are licensing. They are not supposed to actually share the contents of their um, their license. Uh, I believe that what the difference that sets both of us apart is that those people who comply with the other content um, licensing regime are media accredited. If you notice. So right. the so the initial ten, which was a license in two zero one three, which includes Yahoo, the SPF, uh, SPH, uh, various uh, websites, um, and you have CNA today, and then back then the one that was odd, what one out was Yahoo, which we uh, hypothesized that the reason why this came about was Yahoo's um, excellent report on how the SMRT drivers. Uh, uh, carry out their their protests, the the, the strike, um, because there was it was only Yahoo that was covering in a very fair and balanced manner, and mm. that somewhat prompted the, the government to come with this law and then to clamp down uh, to to bring uh, to to reel in uh, Yahoo, uh, and subsequently Mothership was the other platform that was being roped in under this particular licensing regime, and if you notice all these eleven websites, all of them have media accreditation, even Mothership. Yes, Mothership also oh, have the okay. accreditation. Yes. Okay, so for the other two websites, TOC and independent the independent.sg, right? What are the the then the terms of this class license? And okay, so I, I think uh, in case we, we should just be clear for the audience, right? The Broadcasting Act automatically uh, licenses websites to provide internet services in Singapore. Uh, but um, you have there, there are certain classifications that they can assign websites under, and then this license can be pulled if you're not compliant, meaning and that thus forcing you to be blocked from Singapore. Is that is that sort of an accurate summary of the situation? So by default, everyone has a class license. Yes, by default. So so because if everyone have to apply, then that's crazy. So by default, everyone have the class license to, to broadcast in Singapore. Um, via a web, web page. Via a web page. I need to emphasize that. Via, via a web page. So right. um, the minister have, or the, or the ministry or the agency have the right prerogative to designate who they want to be licensed, to, to be uh, asked to register for a class license. So in uh, uh, answering your previous question, so we, I did ask IMDA, uh, so who are uh, who are the other websites that are being asked to register under this particular licensing regime? So I say, uh, they after a while, after a long wait, they replied saying that okay, middle ground TISG and TOC. So middle ground uh, folded, so uh, left with um, TISG and TOC. So so and I I believe I asked on what was the basis. So the thing is the uh, I think the answer that I got was the minister have the right to decide. Right, entirely arbitrary discretion. Right? It's discretionary, yes, yes. <laughs> right, okay, okay. And then um, before we get to this, uh, okay, let me just say to the audience: if you have any questions, please put them in the chat and the comments, uh, and we will try and ask them later. Okay, 
So uh, before we get to the IMDA class license, I want to ask you, um, for a while, TOC was gazetted as a political association. But then that, that was withdrawn, right? That was what, what, uh, yeah. 217, if I'm not wrong. Right. So what, um, for, for a long time, you were, for whatever reason, considered a political association and had to obey a whole different set of laws regulating your finances. Uh, was it under the, the Political Donations Act? Well, thank you for asking that question. Because, um, yeah. um, you know, the, this particular Political Association Act started the whole, uh, whole TOC thingy. Um, so, of course, TOC started in 2006, December. But it was really this, uh, this whole act of gazetting TOC as a political association that, that started the whole fire again. Because uh, at that point in time, TOC was, was kind of fizzling out. Uh, where, because of, uh, volunteers are burned out, etc. So, so, all of a sudden, prior to the general election 2012, uh, 2011, the government, the PMO informed TOC that it is to be invested as a political association on the basis that it, it organized online and offline events. Um, going over to the, the terms in which this license will entail, Frankly, it is, it, is a, it is funny that the terms are much, uh, what do you call it? It's less, uh, it's, less interest, it's less onerous than that of the IMDA. Because for the, um, for, for this particular political association um, uh, declaration, I, we only have to declare, um, we can keep $5,000 um, do of donation anonymous, meaning we can we don't have to declare if the donation goes up to 5000 Anything above, we have to declare. When it comes to one finite commercial, bona fide uh, commercial activities, we don't even have to declare. We, we only have to declare um, the donations that we receive. Above 5000 Above $5,000. So right. when it comes to this, right, you would notice that for, for under this political association, um, uh, licensing, it's much easier for us to comply because uh, it will come to a point where we don't need to rely on the donation. We can just run on the, this uh, bon bona fide commercial activities um, by itself. But coming to this IMDA licensing, um, mm -hmm. it, is, it is much, much more onerous. When, when you have to declare your subscribers, you have to declare um, uh, your, your donors uh, but donors is what we had been doing all the while for the political association and then we have to declare the advertisers that that, uh, that advertise with us or, or where we are uh, or the, the kind of uh, deals that we have commercially on a commercial basis so that that becomes very intrusive of course the IMD would, would justify by saying that oh uh, we, we need to know uh, where your money is coming from and, and whether they are coming from a foreign source and which is why this, this whole thing comes as a fallacy because mm -hmm. Really, if we really an entity, if it's funded by a foreign source, why is there to to disguise the don uh, the sum of money via subscription or via donation? You could just simply do as a bona fide uh, advertising uh, deal or, or or purchase merchandise. So uh, make 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 this particular entity sell merchandise and then, mm. uh, then and this foreign entity just simply help with purchase or or there's a business separate business being run on the sideline uh, under the same company but not dealing with this uh, this company itself there's so many ways of doing it and the it's very clear that the the, the kind of fundings that they are looking at is actually micro do, uh, micro support micro level support because bear in mind the the kind of donations that IMD is looking for is even even if TOC received one dollar donation, they would require TOC to declare that one dollar donation. What about one cent? Even so, yes. So oh long, so so long. If you receive any donation, right, you need the NRC and the name. If not, you have to donate to a charity of their choosing. And which is what we have told IMDA about the two donors. So we have established the identity of one of the donor. And then the other donor who we are unable to identify the NRIC, I would say, oh, if that's the case, then by all means, order TOC to donate the money to a charity. And bear in mind, the two names are declared by TOC. It's not the case of uh, IMDA of finding throughout the, the financial records and then, there's two donors. Well, who are they? 
why, why didn't you declare? If that's the if that was a situation, then TOC have something to answer, have a lot to answer the public because we hit the information from our, our IMDA. But in this case, we declared of our own own violation that that there are these two donors, but and but however we do not have their NRC. Okay, so so let's come to to this current thing, uh, this current incident, which they are are uh, withdrawing your suspending your class license for and, and de facto banning you from Singapore which is that you do want to declare, you have done the declaration, they just won't accept it. Is that, is that correct? Oh, no. So, so what, what's okay. happening here for the 2020 declaration is that we have the same issue with the 2019 declaration. So, of course, uh, IMDA is now saying that, oh, they, are, they have issued a stern warning for the 2019 declaration. So, the thing here is, right, so... The stern warning also on the basis of all the three points that I have highlighted. The the donor that's not identified, the subscription that's not justified, the foreign advertiser figures that was not does not tally when you add up together. So this true this three, right, frankly, they did not accept. They was like, oh, okay, we give you a stern warning, like what, what police would do. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and then uh, state that okay, we warn you and then do not repeat. So so the issue has not gone away. Oh, okay. The issue has not gone away. So if we were to go uh, proceed with the declaration of 2020, we will come with the same problem again. They would come right. and ask us to justify, okay, why are you uh, uh, collecting this sum of subscription? Um, of course, the donation, we are very, very, very clear. So this is the, who has donated, who, who are the people donated. Then we have the other point about foreign fund, uh, the foreign advertising. So, right. uh, and, and I would want to share with the audience that we had local advertisers, oh sorry, we had local advertising companies working with TOC. However, when the, when the AGC, was it AGC? When the police, when the police officer made a police report saying that he believes that a criminal defamation has been filed, uh, have been committed, and then the investigation uh, launched upon me, the Singapore company backed away. They, they cancelled the deal that we, that had, had um, cancelled the deal that it had with POC. So Frank, um, and of course, this criminal defamation suit is still ongoing, three years down the road. Uh, so so all this um, legal suits and etc. does affect TOC commercially because people are afraid or concerned what would uh, would uh, their implication be if they continue their business with TOC. Right. But even if it's, I remember Monsoon Book Club wanted to advertise with you and then IMDA said, oh, it's not a bona fide transaction, which I don't see how they can decide what is or isn't a real transaction if a company, a foreign organization pays you money to advertise transparently and then you run the advertisement. How is that bona fide, right? Do I remember that correctly? Yes, it's not advertised. It was to it was for TOC to run a event. So it right. was asking TOC to run a book writing, essay writing competition for the purpose of National Day, Singapore's National Day. So, so we ran a essay writing competition. We get gathered some submissions, and we get, uh, we judge which are the essays you want and publish on TOC. And that mm-hmm. that was the purpose of the amount that was was uh, paid for by the uh, by the uh, by the Monsoon Book Club. So, what what PJ you said just now was correct. Um, it's is arbitrary that IMDA can decide uh, what. Uh, is is basically arbitrary on on what it decides on what is bona fide commercial activities, what is not, because right. it, it, even when we try to justify, like frank, frankly, if you look at it commercially, right, that is what people have to pay for. Similarly, like how um, the local websites, you take Mothership, uh, Straits Times, um, CNA, we, let's let's don't talk about that. Um, the other other major websites in Singapore, when the Singapore government approached them to promote certain campaign uh, policy etc do they not get paid hmm. do they not get paid so in that sense is that considered as propaganda well of course <laughs> it's low, it's, but but that's that's from local funding but but hmm. it's on the same basis where uh, a private entity were to approach a media company and and give money to uh, to help promote a certain service a, a certain product a certain concept 
And that, mm. that's how, how the multimedia uh, business work. Yeah, that's how advertising works, SponCon all over the place, right? Okay, so let's come to the exact thing. Uh, that's the problem, the subscriptions, right? So you have four categories of revenue, local advertising, foreign advertising, and donors, and those by and large are generally clear. Um, the local advertising, foreign advertising, you have advertisements, people pay you, that's pretty clear. Donors, any money given, you give the name and NRIC number, even if it's one cent, okay, you've done that. So the problem is subscriptions, and what IMDA is saying is that your subscribers are not really subscribers? So they're saying that there's no differential treatment. So... <laughs> Between subscribers and donors. Yes, because because um, say in Straits Times, you have uh, if you're a subscriber, actually Straits Times is a very bad example to begin with. Um, <laughs> because by and large, if you look at it, Straits Times a lot of their articles nowadays can be viewed online. Um, so when you subscribe digitally, frankly, uh, uh, it's a question of what you really get other than the P uh, digital PDF that you uh, you get, which frankly, right. you could just go to the website and see the articles. Um, right. uh, it, um, say, if it would probably make sense if you were to subscribe for the uh, physical copy. So in a way, you're paying right. for the paper, but then you're paying for advertising also. Right. So, um, Okay, so new narrative, for example, we have a paywall and subscribers can go, members can go past the paywall, non-members can't go past the paywall. But what I'm guessing is with uh, TOC, what's the difference between a donor and a subscriber because all your articles are free anyway? Is that, is that right? That's what they're saying? Yes, so, so that's why we, uh, we have explained to IMDA. There's two tier in the subscription. So at that point when they contested, uh, they were asking TOC to justify. There were two, two tiers. One is, uh, I think, 100 USD. The other is, um, I believe, uh, four fifth. Was that 750? Um, 750, uh, 750 USD. So the 750 is basically, uh, you can ask TOC, uh, so you're entitled to ask TOC to uh, of the T-shirt of your choice. If you were to write to us, uh, we'll mail you the T-shirt and also the uh, uh, ad-free experience. Just right. like YouTube, just like YouTube Premium, where you pay for subscription okay. and you'll not be served with advertising. Uh, and the, for the $100 option, uh, this is where the contention comes in, uh, where the $100 option means that you could actually uh, suggest a topic in which TOC would look into uh, to write an article about. Um, maybe I want to elaborate on that uh, that part. The, the contrary to what a lot of people think, is not commissioning of a post to write what the uh, person wants. So, for example, uh, can you write an article about how vaccine does not work? That does not work that way. The, the topic that a person could, uh, a subscriber of that tier could uh, suggest to TOC would be, uh, does vaccine really work? It is a topic where the TOC is then exercises editorial discretion on, uh, on how to carry out that article and also write the article based on facts. Right. Okay, so it's not like someone can pay $100 and order you to write some propaganda or, you know, like a de facto paid advertising sponsored content. It's just a, um, a suggested topic and then you will have full editorial discretion. Okay, right. so let's come back to the issue that... Subs subs Before we continue, yeah? do you know how much, frankly, right, for, uh, if, for the, TO, the a website of TOC's traffic to charge, frankly, to a private entity to write an advertorial. That's four, five hundred at minimum. Right. So why would I be be uh, allowing a subscriber that only pays $100 to direct TOC to write an article? That, that's something wrong, right? It does not make any commercial sense. Anyway, you can just classify it under advertising, right? You don't need to hide it. Even if you're doing SponCon, it's basically advertising. You could just, couldn't you just say it's a bona fide commercial transaction and put it under advertising? No, and, and that, that's the point here. See, that's, that's the yeah. point here. It, because if it was in that arrangement where yeah. it's an advertorial, then it would have been classified as a advertising uh, revenue. But in this case, uh -huh. right, it's just that you have uh, patrons, subscribers, 
who are more supportive going for that tier and they could play a part in terms of the how TOC would carry its stories. How oh, sorry, right. the kind of stories that TOC would carry. And because what yeah. TOC wanted then was to have a group of uh, um, what's that, um, well-wishers who would fund TOC and then uh, to be part of the whole content creation process. Yeah, sure. I mean, new narrative, we ask our members, you know, hey, what would you like to see? We do surveys of our members all the time. Right. Uh, so I don't, I don't see, and, and okay, like full disclosure, I am a supporter on Patreon of TOC. Uh, I didn't ask for the t-shirt because I have enough t-shirts and anyway, you know, I know t-shirts cost you money. But I feel like I get my money's worth with uh, Patreon as a subscriber with a ad light or ad free experience. It's great, right? And and I'm getting intangible benefits of feeling good about supporting um, pretty much the only genuine, you know, breaking news, independent news outlet in Singapore. Uh, no offense, the independent or any others, but let's face it, it's TOC is in a class of its own. I may not agree with anything that, uh, with everything that you publish, but I agree that it's important to have independent media, right? So. I feel like I'm getting my money's worth from my subscription, but IMDA are, are saying that that's not enough for to consider someone a subscriber. Okay, so what IMDA says is that they do not yeah. have, uh, based on their information, they do not have evidence to prove, uh, to, to, to believe that that is the case. So my, my response to that would be, right, uh, as what I have written in my Facebook post before, if if the subscribers, um, I as a service provider basically says that okay, this is what the service that I'm going to provide, and the subscriber understands that this is a condition, the, this is the service that's provided. If they do not get a service provided, they would just reflect to me the service provider that they are not getting their the service that they are pro, uh, that I promised to be providing, and I'll look into it and I'll address the issue. So there are points of time in which, because you have to understand TOC is all just me, so you have points of time where the website may do not do not have the features that that the uh, IMDA is is saying to be, but that doesn't mean that the subscriber are not being entitled to that, or they do not have access to that, because they are for for, uh, for example one point that the IMDA pointed out there was there was no lock in uh, button on the website. But that doesn't mean that the subscriber can't log in because uh, you, it's just a URL. It's mm-hmm. just the website slash login. Lock, uh, lock in. So even without the button, the person can log in. So it is something that I believe IMDA is just making a... Yeah, ultimately what business is any of these, or any of this with IMDA? What, what do they have the right to quibble over your business model, the benefits you give subscribers? You know, they don't have... They're there to unable to regulate the internet and how you choose to charge your subscribers and what services they get and whether they're happy or not and how they interface with your website that's none of IMDA's business so I, I really don't see so okay so it basically because of all this though they're saying that your declaration is wrong last year they gave you a warning because of it this year you tried to submit on the same basis and they said it was incomplete, basically. Oh no, I have to correct you on that. So on okay. this year, this year's declaration, what we did is we submitted the um, uh, the declaration saying that TOC does not receive foreign funding, which is part of the the form that we are supposed to fill up. TOC does not receive any foreign funding and will not receive any foreign funding for the purpose of operation of the website. Uh, and then we follow up with, we would like. Um, we would submit the other figures if mm-hmm. no, no I would, we would submit the f- other figures other than the subscription fees on the basis because of the previous um, um, issue that we had with IMDA over the justification of collecting a subscription fees that, that was uh, the basis of the, the current um, conflict that we had uh, and I believe was uh, most more recently what we we offered uh, something more, which is we offered to give the full sum, full declaration of the donation they received, on the uh, on the term, on the condition that IMDA do not quibble with us over the subscription fees 
anymore, asking us to justify why are we collecting subscription fees. Because if IMD is going to do that, as what I said at the very beginning, we will end up with the same situation again. Yeah. And IMD would then say that, oh, we have uh, two years for a row, you have uh, violated the terms or you have not complied with the thing. It's going to be the same thing. Uh, it would nev- be never ending because it's very clear that yeah. IMD just wants to find fault with TOC. Yeah. I mean, when I start thinking about why on earth do we even have IMDA? Why are they regulating the internet? You know, what, what on earth do they actually do apart from... Every time I hear about them, they're, they're trying to censor... I mean, I get that development is in their name, but every time I hear about them, it feels like they're just throwing obstacles in front of independent media and people who disagree with the PAP government and just trying to make everyone's life difficult. And really, that's, that's, that seems to be, to be their main function. And if it wasn't for this, they would find some other fault with you. I think we can agree on that. No. Okay, so l- let me ask, what about your uh, employees? Because um, I think Shanmugam made a, a big fuss about the fact that you have foreign employees. Um, I mean, you write stories and, you know, cover all of Asia. And there's plenty of companies in Singapore have, which have foreign employees, but somehow Straits Times is foreign employees, you know. I mean, somehow it's, it's a problem for you. So... Um, how, how are your employees doing? Are they going to be losing their jobs? What's happening there? Well, this is something that I have to talk with them uh, in, the, in the, the weeks to come uh, because it came a bit sudden. Uh, so I, uh, my instruction for them was to take a break um, before we come together and talk about the matter. So it's, uh, and also not to mention um, for the court, because we're going to submit this matter to the court and for them to decide on what's going to happen, uh, whether IMDA has the power to do what it's actually seeking to do in the first place. So, so it's not, nothing for certain at this point. Okay. So uh, I wouldn't have anything that definitive to say on, okay. on this matter. So what's your next step? You're going to are you, file some sort of appeal or what? What's my next step? Uh, first thing, I would have to comply um, by closing the website. Um, but as for social media platforms, this is something that I'm a bit, uh, I'm trying to grapple with um, on how far would I take the, um, what's that? How far would I take the um, com- uh, complying with their order? Because the in the first place, I'm the, the powers of the authority simply is to um, govern the broadcasting ability of companies, entities, individuals in Singapore. It does not cover the um, the, what was it, the right to broadcast uh, um, uh, overseas. So mm. they, they could uh, they could jolly well, it's well within their powers to restrict someone from broadcasting within Singapore because this is uh, the right. Um, but they are talking about I am stopping you from even publishing outside of Singapore. Then, then that's, that's stepping outside of their powers, and which is what we are trying to uh, clarify with the court, that whether or not you have that power. And in the first place, the declaration, the, uh, as, as shared on my Facebook page, the declaration that IMDA was uh, sought with TOC was on its website. Nothing was said about its social media platforms. And bear in mind, there's nothing, there's no platform, social media platforms in Singapore that's being asked to register. We have websites, web pages. This is covered under the Broadcasting Act, under the Computer Online Services. But there is nothing saying, talking about the social media platforms. Of course, the upcoming law, um, the, the foreign intervention law, specifically mentions social media platforms. But in this right. particular case, the Broadcasting Act does not cover social media platforms. Sure. Okay, but IMDA specifically uh, asks you to shut down your social media platforms as yes, well. Yes, correct. Which is which is right. why we're arguing that they frankly do not have the power to do so because in the first place, the uh, the declaration or the the agreement that we have on terms of the class license only pertains to the website. Okay, so you're arguing that IMDA is overstepping its power. It's already ridiculously you know over huge overreach by also trying to stop you from broadcasting outside of Singapore and by trying to stop your social media presence. 
and you're filing, did you say a judicial review to, to but that would take a long time, won't it? Yes, great. So in the meantime, I have right. to comply. Okay. Yes. I have to comply okay. to a certain extent. I think I have to comply to right. a certain extent, yes. So the will the website come down entirely or will it just still exist there and then we see everything up to tomorrow uh, and then you stop posting or does the whole thing have to just go down? Um, based on what IMDA requests, it, the, the site has to go down. But of course I could, um, with the uh, clarification from the court, we could then... Uh, uh, look at Joe Joe blocking with right, clarification. Uh, yes, right. Uh, with, but we need to have clarification of the court. Um, so right. for the for the time being, um, before the court would come to any um, judgment, we would have to take down the site entirely. Right. So the the site could be down for months or even years until you get this clarification. I wouldn't. Oh, I, I don't think it would take years. Right. Court is okay. quite efficient. And, and I looked at the Broadcasting Act, and it also says like a mirror of the site is also considered a site, or a subsite of the site is also considered. So you can't. Um, I mean, I already know the answer to this one, but you can't just mirror it. Uh, and and oh, you know that, that was one of the things that IMD was yeah. uh, finding fault with uh, when we oh. had this uh, online season Asia They were saying that oh, this content is totally the same as this. Uh, this uh, old, old site and therefore it's uh, it is deemed as the same site right okay so even if you get a new URL yes and one of the questions in the from our audience has been what about just start a company in Malaysia or another country under a new URL with the same content oh um, so it um, the first two points that's that's possible the third point, no. Uh, the moment the there's a repli uh, uh, replication of the content, IMDA could uh, could jolly well come in and say that oh, this is actually the same site uh, that that it that was that failed to declare its funding. But if you're outside, how do they stop you? Uh, you should know what what could they actually argue? Because if they the if they have actually raised this point before, then they would bite on this uh, as as long as they they think it deems they, they deems fit. So it's not of course of course they could not enforce uh, in terms of uh, if you're based overseas. However, they could still ask for the website to be barred from Singapore access. Right. So that defeats the purpose. And I think uh, someone in the chat, in the YouTube chat says, what if another identity hosted a mirror site on a license with TOC? And that's the same problem. They could then argue that it's basically TOC, again, it's a mirror site, and just block that other identity, that other site, um, whether wholly or in part, on that same basis. Uh, I would tell you, I would say, frankly, if that person uh, who is doing this is not me, is not Terishi, very likely IMD would not do anything about that. Oh, okay then. Well, why don't we just do that? You, you, you need to understand where I'm coming from because the, the basis of why IMD is going through all these hoops and, and um, uh, all these hoops with, with TOC and myself, right, is to ensure that we do not carry on our, our, our work. So if someone were to reproduce that without any pu new publication, then we'll deem it as, oh, this is somewhere out there. If they were to try and uh, hit it with a licensing or to block it, right, you'll bring attention to that. And the thing about mirror sites is that it's never ending. So one mirror site goes up, then you have another mirror site. What we do is spur people to go and do more of that replicative. Uh, replication. So unless that person is me, whom they could identify and then prosecute, uh, if not, they would not go so far to, to go for all these uh, small players. Oh, okay. Well, maybe what I should do is I'll ask Oxford, uh, the Bodleian Library, to mirror your site and make it available, you know, um, as, a, as a library, you know, as a sort of archive in the library, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, in the meantime then, when you go down, you file all these appeals, uh, then what about you personally? How are you going to make a living, you know, uh, put food on your table? And what are you going to do then in the next few months when you don't have this income? Mm, well, uh, 
contrary to what a lot of people think, uh, I, my, um, my livelihood does not come from uh, as a TOC per se. As, as what I've been sharing, right, it, it's more of me, myself paying for TOC. Um, okay. uh, the operation uh, and and my starting I come from uh, engineering background this is an industry that I shouldn't be in in the first place um, so so if worst time worse I'll just go back to my old, old line um, this is not something it, I, I'm not a uh, what's that professional broadcaster I'm not a professional writer professional journalist journalist yeah. uh, per se. so this is frankly n- not my rice bowl in the first place right Okay. Yeah. So it's not something that oh, if I if I don't do this, then uh, what about my profession? But, yeah. but um, the question I should be asking is like, how long should I be doing this? Because this is not my profession in the first place. So you're actually subsidizing it. You'd actually make a better living, not doing DOC. Yeah. I I I, <laughs> I at one point. Okay. Now I wouldn't say, but at one point, yeah. uh, I think at least in two zero one eight, if I would earn more as a McDonald counter service person than, uh, than working as an editor who is being prosecuted by the government all this time. Yeah. It, it, people don't understand. And, and the government know this for a fact that I do not earn from running TOC. Yeah. Which is why they don't go with all these allegations about oh, uh, Terry is benefiting financially from uh, running TOC and etc. Because they know for a fact that I'm not. The, yeah. the, the, that's why they always go for me on the basis of oh, we are foreign funded you have all these foreign writers but why why not talk about what's what's in for me yeah. personally it's exactly the same with me I've never been able to draw a salary from new narrative because we haven't made enough money for me we've never broken even so uh, you know yeah it's exactly the same they don't say I'm benefiting they say foreign funded blah 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 yeah correct yeah Okay, okay, so I'm glad you're going to be okay. Um, and I guess then, do you have plans to, will you be starting a new website then after, I mean, or w- are you going to try and revive TOC or are you going to start a new website or what are your plans? Are you, is TOC going to come back in some form? No, um, I, I want to reply to this person, Programmer Paradigm. Um, uh, yeah. So there's no need, uh, frankly, even if there's no mirror site, there, uh, there is this wayback machine. Wait, mm. I, if whenever I lose any like uh, article uh, from my database, right, I'll go to wayback machine because there's a lot. Uh, all my articles are there on the wayback machine. So any right. article that you 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 cannot access in the future, just wayback machine this particular link. It's really important. Speaking as a historian, you know, it's really important that at least the archive survives because if TOC goes down and then. The articles aren't there. Future historians are not going to have all these articles to tell a different perspective of Singapore history from. Right? They can only say, um, you know, the excuse me, the Straits Times. They can only look at the mainstream media or mothership, which is you know a government mouthpiece at this point. Uh, we need an archive of of TOC. So I I do hope that we'll be able to find some way to at least mirror it so that the what has been published will survive. Right. right. Okay, so let's let's take some questions from the listener. You've already answered one. I, I'm sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I didn't answer your question. So so the yeah. uh, whether or not we're going to create a new site. Um, yeah. the, the, the thing here is uh, if, if it was before um, before two, uh, I think last week I might have answered you yes, uh, there's likely uh, plans of uh, coming up with a new site maybe registering TOC somewhere else uh, like like what new narrative uh, has, but but given the new law that's upcoming, the proposed uh, mm. foreign intervention, I'm scared. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, I, I'm 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 really scared shitless in terms of what that law allows uh, the government <clears throat> to do. Um, there is simply no, uh, there's no grounds of defense. There's no yeah. uh, there's no basis, um, even if we were to comply, meaning uh, that. Um, TOC runs uh, this new entity were to run totally no foreign funding uh, no foreign funding no foreign writers no whatever it's just just Terishi running by itself <coughs> the very fact that the Minister of Home Affairs has suspicion to believe that this this website 
is is acting on behalf of a foreign um, principal or foreign country, uh, even without his not his his or our knowledge, can be arrested. And this arrest is a non-billable arrest. Mm. Uh, how do you operate, frankly? Because yeah. we we could run a uh, expose on how the say Ministry of Home Affairs has done certain things, or, or, or I wouldn't say Ministry of Home Affairs, Ministry of Home uh, Manpower, and that that itself would be deemed as uh, diminishing the public confidence in the establishment. Uh, and then Ministry of Home Affairs decides that oh, this must be by the behest of a foreign uh, foreign country, and that then even there's no need to even go to Pohma. Uh, simply just go to this this particular law and then arrest everyone who is uh, involved or, or based in Singapore. Even if, yeah. even if say, uh, this new entity is not based in Singapore, I'm based overseas, but then the, the law will allow the Minister of Home Affairs to block the, the website from Singapore. Yeah. So again, even if you cannot get the person uh, to face the penalty, you still can actually prov- uh, prevent the whatever information that is then being generated to reach Singaporeans. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, so this this law itself is actually crazy. It's insane. It's totally insane. You made a point online which I thought was very good that this law is actually like the ISA. That's it's sort of like the bastard child of the of POFMA and the ISA in that it has the mechanisms of POFMA, but it it is completely arbitrary like the ISA, where the ISA can, I mean, any minister can simply say, oh, that person locked them up for a year, you know, renewed, renewed every year, just detained indefinitely. This one is the same. The minister simply says, I suspect that that's foreign influence, we'll shut it down, you know. And I, I, I saw somewhere, it's like, there's, it's like a fine of up to like 40, 50, no, a hundred thousand. A fine of up to hundred thousand and up to fourteen years in jail for for you know non-compliance, and I that's insane. Uh, no, I mean, it's not, it's not, no, 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 no. You yeah? got it wrong. It's not non-compliance. Okay. It's, it's uh, offense itself is that much. Right, the offense. Right, right. Yeah. Pofma is very simple. Pofma is only if you it, it's uh, uh there's no uh, circumstances in which you have an offense. Uh, you have to face up imprisonment or, or fine. One is that you deliberately spread a falsehood. Two mm-hmm. is that you did not comply with the directions. So, so on that on that basis, it's actually very clear. There is still um, there's still room to wriggle on that. So I don't deliberately uh, spread falsehood, uh, and I, I if there's a CD or a takedown order, I'll just comply and I would not face with that. But in this case, the moment the minister decides that an offense is committed. And the basis on which you can appeal against this, which which uh, the appeal process is just two way. One is appeal against the minister who ordered this. Two, yeah. uh, appeal the secret uh, tribunal, right? Yeah, uh, appeal yeah. against a tribunal who is appointed by the president on the advice of the cabinet. So how it's not even before the court. The Povma is still yeah. before the court. But the tribunal only has to have one judge out of. The, all the members of the and tribunal. And it's appointed by the, by the um, president on the advice of cabinet. Which means appointed by the cabinet, basically, because it's been established the president can't actually countermand the cabinet on a lot of these issues. So, uh, so, so wow. with this particular law in place, right, how yeah. can you operate even with, with all the good intent, all the good, um, with, with nothing violating it, the moment you piss the, the minister and the minister thinks that your eyes saw, they can just take you out. Yeah. Do you, I, I, I think, I, mean, I think the public doesn't understand that, that this law brings Singapore um, um, away from independence, past colonial, into dynastic rule. Because I think uh, uh, PJ, PJ, you you can correct me if I'm wrong. Even the colonial British does not have the power to to um, to to run the the, uh, the as in, to penalize someone like what this particular law actually. Yes, we we were actually freer in the late days of colonialism than we are today, because at least the British obeyed the rule of law, the spirit of the law, and the courts were independent. And of course, quite famously, you know, they tried to charge the Faja uh, editorial board for sedition and, and lost, right? So the courts were independent back then and the British 
you know, were um, pro uh, took great stock in the fact that the courts were independent and there was real justice. Whereas today, uh, you know, I'm not going to say I'm not saying about the courts. Okay, don't come and sue me. I'm not saying the courts are not independent, but between POFMA, the Public Order Act, between this new proposed Foreign Intervention Countermeasures Act, uh, between you know all these reforms that are going to be made as part of the repeal of the Sedition Act, between everything that we have, we are less free today than we were under colonialism. So uh, I think we're almost done, but here's a, a, a question from um, a viewer, right, who says, you know, stating the obvious here, but how can the PAP ever be seriously challenged? Vote them out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You, 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 people say that this is a bit extreme. Some people may say this is a bit extreme. It's like, oh, um, shouldn't we give them the opportunity? Like, uh, why uh, is, isn't there any way, other way to contest? But, but just look at the debate that we had yesterday. Uh, the, mm. the kind of demure that the uh, the PAP ministers and the MPs were having uh, the the way they carry themselves the reason why they they push through a unpopular even though they say that is on a very uh, uh, reasonable basis of why they are put where they are saying what they are saying but is very unpopular uh, basis is because they know that they have majority of parliament there's no way that the motion that they are forcefully pushing through, overriding what the PSP, uh, NCMP has pushed, would fail because they have the majority of parliament over two thirds. In fact, I would dare say that if, say, the the PAP government were to feel that they, uh, they, there's a risk of losing power, they can jolly well just hold a uh, push a bill, um, uh, push a bill uh, just months before they decide to hold election. Because at the end of the day, it's still the Prime Minister who decides to hold the election. Just months mm. before they hold the election, that voting is not a constitutional right. Yeah, I mean, it is not enshrined in the Constitution. That is true. Yeah, yeah. Because, because the thing is, the, Consti the Constitution allows the Parliament to amend the Constitution. There, there is no, there's nothing in the Constitution that is protected by itself. So it's like, it's a... How we yeah. say this is a the constitution wire. though does say that the parliament must be chosen democratically. Yeah, that's the only thing. Yes, it does not define what that means. The parliamentary elections act then says you know regulates voting, but if the PAP argues that democratically doesn't actually mean voting, they could actually do away with voting and still be legal and constitutional. Whether Singaporeans would accept that and how we'd resist, I'm not sure, but. <laughs> You think about it. We we um, all the me uh, how what are the measures in which you can file a contest? If say something like that would happen, you cannot protest. You yeah. there's there's no uh, how much uh, how how far can you push when you call, come to legal uh, legal contestation, and who will be running that contestation? And uh, let's say if there's a rule of emergency being called, uh, how? how can the people react? Just look at COVID, for example. If, even if you are unhappy with the way how COVID is run, right? We, it's just really, uh, the members probably have to suck down because that, that's, this is the parliament, that uh, this is the government that you elected. This is how they run. This, this is, and this is, and the promise that they make, which is vote us so that we can do our job. Uh, even, so even if they do their job poorly, you, have, you can't do anything other than wait for the next election and vote them out. Because there's no such thing as a in between election, you can uh, there's a vote or no confidence or there's a, mm -hmm. a there's any means other means of uh, maneuvering, especially right. because when you have over two thirds of the parliament, say if it's a coalition government or such, there's a possibility where uh, the uh, the politicians can do a some uh, shift, say mm -hmm. jump jump party or form a coalition with another party. Uh, but but yeah. at, the, at the current stage, they said because you voted the majority of majority of PAP in, so you you are helpless. And currently, okay. yeah, and currently because uh, still there is the they still believe that they have the popular support. But what if one day they they think that they are imminently yeah. they will they will lose imminently in the next election. Mm -hmm. You don't have uh, just on the basis of the law that is being that is proposed to be passed in the next parliamentary sitting itself will tell you that there's no limit to where they would push. 
Okay, well, we're, we're pretty much out of time, but I do want to at least end on a note of hope and say it is possible to uh, vote them out, uh, that even though the PAP blatantly rigs the elections to, um, you know, for, to maximize positive outcomes for the PAP, you can still get um, Aljunit and Sengkang and Haukang and other places. Um, and ultimately, uh, as a study after a survey taken after the last election found, one of the best indicators of people willing to consider voting for other parties was whether they were politically engaged, whether they took part in political discussions, whether they read sites like TOC, whether they filled in petitions, whether they were aware of political events and political news. So really, if you want change in Singapore, the power is with us, the people, to go out and educate others. Just have discussions with your friends, have discussions with your families, share with them articles from New Narrative and, well, I'd say TOC, but TOC is going dark. But, you know, and come to New Narrative's events, our Sekola Democracy, when we open it up to Singapore, our Democracy Classrooms. Join New Narrative as a member while you still can, because let's not forget, under this new proposed law, almost certainly New Narrative will get banned in Singapore. So join New Narrative. This is your last chance. And uh, please also support Terry's fundraiser. He's almost there. It's facebook.com slash terryxyc. And he just needs a little bit more money to pay off all these ridiculous damages from the government. So uh, with that, I think we're out of time. I just want to thank you, Terry, for coming and answering all these questions and um, you know, yeah, explaining everything because this whole IMDA thing is confusing, but ultimately it's quite clear they have no intention of actually taking you seriously. They're just trying to make life difficult for you. Um, and I want to thank you, the audience, uh, for your questions. I hope we answered everything um, that whether I asked it directly or through the discussion. Uh, thank you, as always, for coming and attending these events. And uh, do check out New Narrative. You can join at newnarrative.com slash join or newnarrative.com slash donate. So thank you very much, everyone. And see you next time. Thank you, everyone.